Well, hey there. Thanks for joining me for this special episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. This week on the podcast, I'm taking it back a bit with an episode from the vault. Hashtag from the vault. But I'd like to share a little bit of something, you know, before I drop this special episode. Many of my listeners know that I've been facing some health issues, such as issues with uh, my heart, uh, by Gemini, premature ventricular contractions, ventricular tachycardia that has a tendency to go supra, bradycardia, and and so on. Um, in addition to those heart health concerns, I've been facing a few other health problems uh, like fibroid tumors, the largest of which is pressing into my spine and causes, um, yeah, pain. It causes pain and discomfort. Um, hypothyroidism that has been in a bit of a, I guess, a flare, you might say, and, and some other things. So while I have been very, very diligent in my summit speaking events, um, some in-person speaking events, and in particular, my podcast, my work on an audio course, uh, my writing, you know, I've been trying to squeeze in, and that's in quote, squeeze it in, time to focus on my health issues. But to be honest, there are times that, uh, say, one of my adult children will stop by, and uh, if my husband is not home, if he's at small group, or if he's working late or something, like, they swing by, and I am just working, they find me in my office. They, my, one of my daughters came in and said, the house is so dark. Where are you? And then wanders back to my office and is like, why are you still working? And not long before that, one of my other daughters said, you're still working? It's like dark outside. So, um, you know, a 10 or 12 or 14 hour day is not really that abnormal for me. Um, it's just kind of gotten to where I, there's that, that idea of squeezing in the the care of my health, there's nowhere to squeeze it in. I'm really on overload in a way. So as it stands, I absolutely must slow down, stop working at such a frenzied pace and make my health a priority. I share that because somebody may need to hear that. You may need permission to do what the Lord is calling you to do, to rest, to slow down, to just let him kind of um, take the reins, surrender it to him and let him take the reins, not temporarily, permanently. I mean, this is going to be a reset for me. Like he permanently is in charge of this area of my life for the rest of my days. That's what this set apart time is like about really about trusting him, doing what I need to do, taking care of my health and saying, I'm, I'm making a choice where I have to fully surrender it to you and not just try to squeeze it in. Anybody else need to hear that? If you need that permission, Uh, Hear it from me today. Permission granted. Do what the Lord is calling you to do. It is not a crime to rest in the Lord. It is a blessing and often it is a call from him. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be spending the next few weeks on a kind of a a health sabbatical, if you will. And so I'm going to be sharing some episodes from the vault. And I am really trusting that the Lord is going to bless the content that um, he led me to share from the vault. I prayed over which episodes and let him lead and really kind of vetted it in prayer. And I'm excited to see what blessings are going to come from my obedience to him. And I say that to tell you your obedience to the Lord, even as difficult as it may seem like this is hard for me to just really step away like this and just release episodes from the vault. Um, It's not as hard as it would be if I had just picked them, but having him pick them And knowing this is his leading makes it not that hard. But if you will obey him in whatever that thing is in your life, you can expect him to bless you and bless others. So I'm expecting to be blessed, but I'm expecting every listener of these From the Vault episodes to be blessed as well. 
And I will be, I'll be back in like short order with new episodes. And, you know, if you don't mind me making this one request, would you pray for my health and that the time that I spend doing the things that I have been needing to do for a very long time, that the time I spend there, will that it will go well? Like nothing, there's nothing radical taking place. There's no major surgery or anything like that. I mean, those of you who know me know that I can't have surgery on my heart because treating one condition would actually probably kill me in the OR on the on the operating table due to one of the other heart conditions and vice versa. And then like a third and uh, another weird RNT run, uh, V-fib possibility is another thing. So I can't really have surgery. So there's no radical surgery taking place. And because of my heart, I can't have surgery on the fibroids. I can't. This is like... Um, a different kind of like, it's a non-surgical path. So you don't have to message me and say, I hope your surgery went okay. Cause I'm de- just definitely not having surgery, but uh, I'm, I am doing what the Lord has called me to do. And I'm going to make myself take the time to take care of some things that I've been doing hit and miss. I'm going to implement routines and get those solidly in place before I step back into any sort of a work routine. So, you know, I hope to come back to work with the certainty that I'm doing the work that the Lord has called me to at this season in my life and not adding to it. And even at times missing his call as I spread myself too thin and do all the things. <clears throat> yeah, that, that last little part that I just said, can anybody relate to that feeling? This is never just about one person. When God puts on my heart to slow down, he at the same time will put on my heart to pray for anybody who listens to me sharing this that needs to slow down. So this is my prayer for you. Before I drop this first vaulted episode, vaulted, can I say that from the vault? I just want to pray this over you. So um, if you're driving, don't close your eyes while I pray, of course, but let me pray for you. If you're on a run, also don't close your eyes. Just know this is a prayer for you right now. Father, I just lift this listener to you, and I ask that you would reveal to them with a Holy Spirit-led certainty what it is that you want them to be doing and not doing at this exact season in their life, that they would not add to the work that you've called them to, and that they would not miss your call because they're spread too thin. Strip away that out of our lives. Refine us, like, like just... Just get that dross out of our lives, Lord, so that we can be what you want us to be, a pure bride of Christ. Refine us like, like a fine metal and make us pure. May the purity just be so great that, um, you know, when the purifier looks at the silver, he knows it's ready when he can see his reflection. May your reflection be what the world sees in and through us. Bless this listener today. Answer my prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So thanks so much in advance for praying for me. And here is episode number 120 of the Burt Not Ernie Show, which was originally released in late 2019 as episode number six. We're going to be looking at the promise that we find in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse eight. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 120. Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, 
since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always people smile when they think of Bert and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Bert and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Bert Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Glad to have you back for another episode of the Bert Not Earning Show. Today we're going to take a look at the Old Testament. We're going to we're going to pop over into Deuteronomy. So it's about the fifth book of the Bible. It was written by none other than Moses, the man himself. It's pretty pretty amazing to read what Moses wrote. He had he had such an intimate and a love filled relationship with God. I just I really. I love to lean in and listen when I read something penned by Moses. So we're going to look at chapter 31, verse 8 in Deuteronomy. And let's let's go to the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'll put that in the show notes, as always, along with any other pertinent information. Um, isn't that word pertinent? Kind of fun to say. That's pertinent. I'm, I know, I'm a dork. I'm a word person. But anyway, Deuteronomy 31.8 NLT, it says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. First, first what I want to say is I want to mention that when you look at this verse in your Bible, you're going to notice that that word, the word Lord, L-O-R-D, it's all capitalized, not just the L, but the entire word. So what that means is, and some of you may know this, but what that means is in the Hebrew language, it's it's just so rich. It's a rich language, and we don't always get a total feel for the richness and depth of our English, in our, in our English translations. Like the Hebrew is just really rich, and we can't always fully understand what they mean. So that's why a lot of people will use a concordance or read in the Amplified because it gives some extra words to add that depth or extra layer that maybe sometimes we miss. So when we see that word Lord all capitalized, that means something in the Hebrew that is different than Lord when it's just a capital L and then O-R-D is lowercase. When it's all capitalized, it means something else. So several years ago, I did some research because I was I was kind of curious. I was like, why is it different in all caps sometimes and sometimes it's not? So what I what I read kind of explained that the all caps reflects the original term that we know as Yahweh. It was a sacred name and the Israelites wouldn't even pronounce it. It was just it was really it was revered. They gave reverence and honor to God by not pronouncing it. They would spell it Y W H Y is how it translates into the English. So what a contrast to our modern society that throws Jesus's name around like a swear word. Like my husband and I have date night once a week. And when we go to a movie, I'm just like, wow, that I cannot believe how easily Jesus's name is used as a swear word. And just like a side note, uh, have you ever noticed that the name of Allah or Buddha are not used as swear words in foul language? That's pretty telling. If you think about it, it's very telling on the part of the devil, isn't it? That Jesus's name is a swear word and some of these others, little G gods are not swear words. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. So I just had to mention that while it came to mind because, um, it's always struck me that people will use people who don't believe in Jesus 
will, that they don't believe Jesus is the son of God, that they don't believe that he's Messiah, that he's the savior of the world, that they don't believe he's coming again to judge the quick and the dead, you know, that they don't believe that, but they'll use his name as a swear word when they won't use the heads of other religions as swear words. It's very telling, very interesting. So, and sometimes I've mentioned that to people and it makes them think, and I think in a good way about why would I only use this name as a swear word and not that one? Hmm, very interesting. So this verse, Lord is all caps in this verse. In the Hebrew, it, um, let's see, it may be derived from a root word that means to be. And it seems to indicate that God is the eternal I am all capitalized. I am that I am. Whereas when only the first letter in the word Lord is capitalized, that denotes sovereign and strength and power. So I just try to keep that in mind when I read a verse that has L-O-R-D entirely in capital letters, which is the case here in Deuteronomy 31.8. He's saying that I am. Today, I feel like I'm going to be pretty frank and I maybe am just going to be too blunt. I don't know but we'll see. I'm not always the most delicate person in the room. Um, If you've listened to my podcast very long or followed me on any of my Facebook lives or Instagram, or you may already know, I am not always the most delicate lady in the room. And I really hope I'm not the only female who doesn't always feel super delicate. I'm, I'm more the clumsy, bumbling type. And sometimes that equates to saying things with just like stark frankness. So Okay, here goes nothing. Here we go. Today's verse was a tough one for me to talk about for a couple of different reasons. First off, it's it's Deuteronomy. I mean, I already mentioned that this was written by Moses, and I just have to emphasize that again because it's literally Moses. This is Moses. He's like what we might call a rock star from a biblical standpoint. Just here in this chapter, Moses is drawing near to the end of his life, and he's about to be gathered to his ancestors, gathered to his people, which I just love that. What a great phrase. You know, think about they gathered. It just seems so comforting, gathered to his people. So Moses is handing the leadership reins over to Joshua. And we have another podcast episode here, right in these first early episodes where we talk about Joshua as he's about to die. And he is handing over the reins as he goes into transition where he's going to go be with the Lord. And the people of Israel are going to transition to a new, everything's going to change for them. Now, Joshua's not going to be there. And he's been their rock from the time they crossed over the Jordan and entered the promised land. So this predates that. This is Moses handing over the reins of leadership to Joshua before they entered that promised land. So I think um, it's good to keep in mind that Joshua was not young and not naive. He understood pretty well just what he was about to embark upon. Um, he knew he knew he had big shoes to fill. He knew they were big shoes. Verse 7. Verse 7 here in Deuteronomy is where we find Moses giving clear direction to Joshua. But he does this in front of all of Israel. The New Living Translation reads, Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. Note the fact that Moses was obviously speaking directly to Joshua, but he was also speaking somewhat indirectly to all the people of Israel. They all needed to hear this. So what that tells me, what that tells us is that even if this directive was to Joshua, it's also a clarion call for us as believers today in the exact same sense that it was said before all the people. It's like God is saying, listen up, listen to me. And he says that sometimes. 
Sometimes his word just tells us that he's saying, listen, listen up. So what I'm trying to say is the promise wasn't just for Joshua. It was for the masses. It was for the masses. So I don't want you to sense that the Lord has laid a promise on your heart and then talk yourself out of it by saying, I don't think this is for me. And it could really be for you. It could also be for Sally and for Joe and for somebody who lived 1,500 years ago. God's word is living and active. Don't talk yourself out of a promise that's for you and tell yourself it's not for you if it is. We need to not make excuses for why God's promises might not be for us. Okay, I told you I was going to step on toes and be frank. We need to stop it. Stop making excuses for why God's promises are not for us. This little tidbit in the Pentateuch tells us that even if we are on the sidelines watching, even if we're on the sidelines watching, as the Israelites stood and watched Moses speaking directly to Joshua, on the sidelines watching, the promise still has great benefits for us. So we need to listen up. We need to take note. We need to pay attention and do whatever we are called to do. Have an attitude that's kind of like this. Put me in the mix. Add me to the fray. I want it, I want a piece of this. Get me in the game. Rather than an attitude of, I'm just a spectator on the sideline. I'm sitting on the stands and I don't, I don't have a part to play and I don't get a piece of the pie. I don't have, this promise isn't for me. Nope. Just say, nope, put me in, put me in the mix. I'm ready. I want, I want the promises to be true for me. Don't be afraid to pray like this, to say, Lord, grant me every single square inch of territory that you have appropriated and appointed for me. I'm going to follow your leading. I'm going to follow your leadership. I will follow Whoever your chosen Joshua is, if there's somebody you've put as a leader over me, I'm going to follow your choice of leader. But when what I won't do, what I will not do, God, is I will not stay back here and miss out just because I'm not the one who's leading the way right now. This promise is for you. You have to know that. It's not for later on. It's for right now. Next. The next thing I want to say is, let's see. Look, it's hard to be the person who's saying to everybody who is listening, God is going to go ahead of you. But that's, that, I mean, that's huge. Think about it. If you're going to stand up and point at everybody that you know and tell them individually and corporately that God is personally going to go ahead of you, that's a big deal. And yet that's what Moses said to Joshua in front of all of them. That's, that's massive. I sort of want to take pause and um, sometimes I even want to just skip this part of, of the verse because how do I know that God's going to go ahead of each person? How do I know? It seems so huge. That's, yeah, that's because it is huge. Our God is huge. It's absolutely massive. The promise leaves no room, zero room for me to talk my way out of it or to wiggle around it. I just, I have to simply believe it. That's the only choice I have really, right? I can, I can say I believe it or I can say, no, I don't believe it. That's it. There's, I don't, there's no wiggle room. It's just so big. I have to believe it. You know what I'm saying? There's, I'm not dodging on this one. I'm not dodging this one. My hope and my prayer is that you won't try to dodge it either. That you'll say, wow, she's really, she's stepping on my toes a little bit because I've had disappointments and trials and things have been rough. And um, this is scary to be all the way out on the limb, just me and God. I know I'm stepping on toes, but I don't want you to dodge this and miss it. God's promise to lead you out of the place that you are right now and into the place he wants you to be. Even as you're one person in a sea of people, Oops, sorry if you hear that noise. My dog is scratching under the table and wiggling the desk, which wiggles the mic. No, no, Jackie, sorry. Even if you're just in a sea of people, God's promise is still for you. It's for you. He's, it, you may not be leading the way. 
You might be following the person that he's appointed. So this this is for you. Most likely you are just following the person he's appointed. That's a good place to be. The promise is still for you. Don't excuse it away. And don't try to tell yourself and everybody else that it's not for you. The only way it's not for you is if if you refuse to move and you sit down on the sidelines of life. And, you know, you're not going to do that, right? No, we're not going to do that. Let's grab hold of this promise today. Let's just flat out refuse with like a holy stubbornness and a holy tenacity. We're just going to refuse to let go. We're going to refuse to let go. What's promised here exactly is what we find in Deuteronomy 31.8 is just listen. Here's the thing. When we know exactly what a promise says with details and specifics, then we automatically know exactly how and what we ought to pray. The promises of God should go hand in glove with our prayer life, period. Appropriating them is the real point of knowing them. Appropriating God's promises is the the real point of knowing God's promises. Both fear and discouragement are addressed head on right here in this passage. God is not giving us wiggle room, and he sure is not asking us to talk about whatever it is that's causing us to be afraid and or discouraged. He just tells us no. Like that's what we do when a toddler tries to touch the hot stove top. We don't barter with them. We're not pleading with them. We just firmly say no, no. Why do we do that? Because it's dangerous. It glows red and it looks shiny and ooh, it's very appealing to a toddler, but it's absolute pure danger. A seasoned mom knows that. That's what her eyes see is danger. And while being pure enticement to a toddler with a chubby little outstretched hand to a mom, it's pure danger. So the same is true for us regarding fear and discouragement. God says no, and we have to decide to obey him and not be drawn in by the red shiny glow that comes with fear and discouragement. It's literally, discouragement is literally a lack of or a deficit of courage. That's not God's will for you. In this verse, the Lord even goes so far as to tell us out of his great love for us why we don't want to give in to even the tiniest iota of fear. It's because God himself will personally go ahead of us. Okay, this is a good verse for you to underline twice in your Bible, to just double underline the word will in this verse, because God himself will personally go ahead of you. Think about that XYZ situation, whatever it might be. And then right now, right now, I want you to say out loud. So get that, get that situation in your mind. Okay, take a second, take a deep breath. What is that really tough situation? Problem with your kid, mess in your finances, trouble in your marriage, single and don't want to be single, haven't been able to have a kid, hate your job, love your job, but just lost your job, whatever it might be, ailing, aging parents, whatever it is, okay? Get that situation in your mind and then right now say out loud, God is personally going before me into and fill in the blank, whatever X, Y, Z is. God is personally going before me into the layoff that I just experienced. God is personally going before me into this season where my child does not want a whole lot to do with the Lord. God is personally going before me into this situation with this massive health crisis that hit me out of the blue. That's the promise. That right there is your exact promise, customized just for you today. Now, the second half of verse eight says that God Almighty will be with you. That means that throughout all of it, 
long time or short, any and every moment of it all, he is with you and he tells you and he tells me that he will neither abandon us nor fail us. Again, this is for you today, right now. Do you see how important it is to know God's promises and to not excuse them away as if they're for another time or another person, but not for you right here and now? Because sometimes we think they're for other people, but sometimes we think, yeah, that's for me, but it's not for me right now. Oh man, that's a lie. That's a lie that Satan keeps on peddling. But we're daughters. We're children of the Most High God. So we don't buy nothing from peddlers. I'm going to say that again. I think when you, when you start believing that that's a promise for you, but it's not for you right now, it's for you later on, that is a lie. Satan is a liar and he keeps peddling that same lie to us. But we are daughters of the Most High God, daughters of the King of Kings. You don't shop on street corners buying from the janky looking peddlers. We don't buy nothing from peddlers. That's not where we go shopping. Okay. You know what I'm saying here? What you buy is what you own. So shop wisely, right? So you need to like put up a no soliciting sign in the spiritual realm. He's not welcome to peddle to you because you're not buying. You're not going to have it. Anyone who lives under an orphan spirit can lay out. Um, okay. If you're okay, you may not, oh, I should probably back up orphan spirit. Um, Boy, that's a lot to get into. If you are interested in learning more about an orphan spirit, then leave a comment. Leave a comment and I will do an episode, probably a series of episodes about the orphan spirit. So anybody who lives under an orphan spirit, you can just lay that aside right now because God will not abandon you ever. It's already been decided. It's already been declared and decreed over your life. It's a done deal. He has sworn never to fail you. Just choose to believe that today. He's walking in front of you into that stuff, whatever it is, that relationship, that work issue, that prodigal child, that financial mess. He's walking into it in front of you while he's also being right next to you. He's with you, this verse says. Uh, be equally yoked to Jesus. To do that, according to the New Testament, right? He says you'd be equally yoked to him. That means you're side by side with him, right? You can't be equally yoked to somebody that you're not side by side with. So he's walking ahead of you into it. He's walking side by side with you through it. And he's also behind you. God is your rear guard. God is literally refusing to be far away from you. Lest you think even for one split second that he isn't there. You are covered and you will never be abandoned by the Lord. What kind of good news is that for us today? Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm telling you, if you don't get excited about God's word, then, whoa, Nellie, I just, I don't even know. I mean, God is so good. He's so good. And yikes, I really almost feel like I could just do a whole nother podcast on this same verse. I really, I feel like I could. I, I don't think I scratched the surface on it, but I really hope um, that you were blessed by it, that something got excited in you and you began to realize, yeah. Yeah, this is for me. I don't have to be afraid or discouraged because my Lord is personally going ahead of me. He will be with me and he will not fail me. He's not going to abandon me. God is so good. We'll probably circle back around to this one so one day down the road. But for right now, I just hope that you've been blessed, that your spirits are lifted today, that you've just been encouraged somehow. I thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It means so much. It really does. So um, and if you don't mind, I love it when you bless me with a comment. Leave a comment about the orphan spirit if you want me to talk about that at some point. But you can also leave a comment um, just about anything, really. You can leave a review. That blesses me so much. And you can share this via your social media. Also blesses me so much. Getting the promises of God into the people of God happens way, way faster 
when you guys take the time to share the Bert.Ernie show. So thank you. Thanks so much for doing that. I'm going to be back again next week to talk about another promise from God. In the meantime, Lord bless you. Lord bless you. I'm praying for you. Let him keep you. Stay close to him. And may his face just shine upon you. Okay, I'm going to talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.